This is MMNM's Mark Iskowitz. Welcome to the MMNM podcast. I'm here with my stalwart host, Larry Dobrow. Hey, Larry. How you doing, Mark? Good, thanks. Changes in the air here at MMNM. Uh, I'm hearing a little bit of a different uh, role today as executive editor of the publication rather than as editor in chief. And it's my great privilege to introduce our new editor in chief, Stephen Madden. Hey, Steve. Come on. How you doing? Thanks for that introduction. Absolutely. And thanks for thanks for being such a great colleague too. I'll try. <laughs> um, Stephen comes to the job after a career in senior roles at major magazine and digital publishing companies, including Rodale, USA Today Sports, MLB, a Media, Time Inc., and F and W Media. In some, he's someone who's forgotten more about magazine publishing and news coverage than I've ever known. And so it's really a privilege to welcome you here and to be working with you. Um, why are we doing this change right now? Um, I'd say we're in a really good place with the brand. You know, we've established a leadership position, certainly in, in B2B, healthcare marketing, trade publishing, and we want to get to the next level. And that's something that uh, Stephen can really help us to achieve given his, uh, his impressive background. Stephen's going to oversee all content creation uh, in, in a nutshell. Um, and I'm going to um, continue to lend my expertise to the brand um, in uh uh, content, including some new content initiatives that, that we can talk about. But Larry and I really felt that this was a great time to um, introduce Steve to everybody um, and uh, so therefore devote the podcast uh, to, to, the, the, to this. Right, yeah, right Larry? Put you on the spot, make you feel really uncomfortable and all. That's what we're here for. Yeah, welcome to our world. You can do this, right? <laughs> <laughs> great. So, um, you know, again, there's uh, uh, you, you, you all may have seen some of the announcements going out on social media. Um, but but that's it in a nutshell. Um, and uh, Larry, why don't you get get us started with our first question? Yeah, you know it's the uh, the most possibly basic thing we could ever ask. But how, coming to uh, to where you are sitting right now, give us sort of the uh, professional bio, kind of some of the highs along the way, um, some of the things that have worked out in your mind the best. Um, well, that's uh, I mean it's such a, a great question, and you should probably work in HR if you ask a <laughs> ask a question. Well, fingers broadly. crossed someday, yeah. man. Um, so I've I've been working in publishing my entire career, which uh, you know I, I hesitate to put numbers against it, but let's just say um, I've been doing this for a long time, um, and I have I, I like to say that I have and think that I have ink in my veins, but just because of the reality of the publishing business, probably for you know most of the last ten years, I've worked primarily digitally. Um, probably the most relevant. Uh, experience that I've had is the 11 years that I spent at Rodale, um, the the health publisher, the health and wellness publisher. Um, I was uh, for a long time there. I was the uh, editor in chief of Bicycling Magazine. I'm a lifelong cyclist, and that was kind of a dream come true to have a job like that. And I think we did we did some really pretty amazing work there. We won two national magazine awards um, for for the work that we did, both bringing our content to our magazine created content to life digitally and helping kind of create the experience uh, and recreate the experience of riding digitally uh, and some and some um, very aggressive investigative reporting that we did. Um, I would say that that's probably the, to me the highlight of my career. The, the second part was uh, the time I spent as general manager of Sports on Earth, which was the creation of a joint venture between USA Today Sports and Major League Baseball Advanced Media. Uh, it was a quick reaction, high quality uh, take on sports news of the day, um, and was really like going to a digital boot camp. It was, you know, like 
we published six, seven pieces a day, had to react very quickly to news and, and operate in a, in a com- terrifically competitive environment, the sports environment. So uh, I, I learned an awful lot there about digital publishing. Um, I really think that there's a lot of opportunity to apply what I learned there uh, to, to MM&M. Actually, it's a perfect segue into the next question. Um, and it never liked sports on earth. I'm a sports fan. I loved it. You know, my tenure, so many good writers, so many good writers right, weighing in when you wanted them to weigh in. How do you translate some of what you picked up there and some of what you learned about the digital transition, you know, from print into, you know, all digital at this point and uh, apply it here? Um, that's a great question. I mean, there are just some sort of like really basic precepts uh, about digital publishing. You, you have to react quickly. Um, you have to understand that, like, you know, we, we have the ability to say something um, to the best of our ability in the space and update it as you go along. It doesn't have to be this kind of carved in stone magazine piece, right? Um, you know, I think that a lot of writers uh, would prefer to have more time. I mean, everybody would prefer to have more time to work on anything, uh, writers in particular. Um, I think moving more quickly and in a, a terrifically crowded uh, and competitive space like the coverage of uh, of, of medical marketing um, would only would only benefit us and it would benefit benefit our readers. Um, so I think that 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 foot speed is a little bit fat uh, needs to be a little bit faster and a better integration. I mean, we have such terrific. Um, programs here you know some of the awards programs and sort of the f- editorial franchises and the magazines how do we bring those to life digitally in a way that takes advantage of everything that those that those media offer like like this like what we're doing right now a podcast and and um i would love to see us doing more video because i think um you know i think we, we were talking about an idea in an editorial session just now about uh, a celebrity who um works in who, who who enhances uh, an ad, uh, a pharma ad, and we have an opportunity to talk with that person, um, and by taking advantage of you know video audio, we'd really bring it to life. So, yeah, um, you mentioned you know multimedia, um, and you've certainly done a lot of that in your career, um, and um, already I can see you know in the several days you've, you've been here um, uh, that the wheels are turning certain certain things. Uh, we could do better. Are there other specific uh, opportunities that you see uh, in some of the subject matter that we cover, um, whether it be people moves or FDA approvals, competitive dynamics between products, uh, where we could be doing a better job, either more fleet of foot or going deeper in some way? Yeah, it's it's not just going necessarily going deeper, although that's always that's always a great opportunity, right? Um, but I think that the way we present a lot of the information can lend itself to different treatments. Um, we are sitting on tons of data. I mean, the, the field that we cover um, is, is just awash in data. And what happens a lot of times is that we write about the data when the data could be visualized in a really entertaining way that's easy to share uh, and easier to digest, actually. Could, it, it's you know, like rather than printing tables of numbers, sort of explaining the numbers through information graphics, uh, or data, other data visualization tools that we could use, especially that's especially true digitally. Um, you know, there's it's it's no surprise that there are all kinds of uh, automated tools that we could use to put numbers in and get a cool representation of it. That's one thing. 
but just sort of, you know, I love comic books and there's a way to use a graphic novel, um, sort of the, the, the conceits of a graphic novel to tell some of the stories we're doing here. Now, some people might be listening to this and think, thinking this guy's nuts, right? I'm not saying like it's going to be a comic book, but just, and, and they might also think he's nuts. It's a, it's a B2B publication. That's not what people want. But I think what people want is great information to, uh, told well. And, uh, to, and frankly, why not entertain a little bit? We can do that. Absolutely. There's a lot of great stories yeah. out there that we can tell in a more, um, for lack of a better word, dare I say, entertaining way. Right. Um, professionals but, want to be entertained as well. Right. And, you know, you, you just use the great word professionals. A lot of what we do here is, uh, you know, this is, we're talking about people's careers here, right? Um, and we can do a better job uh, of covering careers more, you know, whether it's through people moves, we're going to start, um, we're going to start a column. I don't know if it starts this week or not. I don't know if it starts that quickly. Either the end of this week or beginning of next. Yeah. Um, about just, you know, people on the move, um, career advancement. We do a good job of talking about people getting big jobs, CEOs, CMOs in the space. Um, but we should also be reporting on, um, you know, lower, uh, more junior people and mid-level people too. I mean, mm -hmm. why not, right? Yes. Uh, it's really, it's really important. So, um, you know, watch this space because we'll start doing that soon. Yeah, people Absolutely. love to see their names in print. Yeah. As long as they're spelled right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another thing that people have traditionally turned to B2B media for, things like that. And, um, you know, you, you mentioned the people roundup that'll be powered partly by MM&M proper and partly by our sister Ram PMD, right. which is continually compiling this stuff. And that's another thing that, that, I, that I think is great that you've come on board already. You're helping us to kind of knit together uh, all the resources that we have in a, in a better way so that we're more than the sum of our parts. So. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, when people go to work, they tend to really get their nose, you know, to use a, a, a phrase from the world of cycling, they get, they really get their nose on the stem and they're not paying attention to uh, to everything else that's around him. Uh, MM&M is part of Haymarket Media, which is you know, like a big international company. And uh, I think that we have an opportunity here that we don't always take advantage of to pull different parts of the company together. Uh, we have a cybersecurity uh, publication. Um, I'd love to be able to tap into their expertise to talk a little bit about the challenges that marketers are, face, uh, are facing around um, data, data privacy especially as it relates to healthcare. Um, so, you know, it's, it's early days. I mean, look, this is my sixth day on the job, um, but I, I, I do tend to have a lot of ideas. Someone once told me I have a million ideas. The only problem is I don't know which half million of them are not good. Um, and that's what I'm counting, that's what I'm counting on you guys for. Wanamaker's classic marketing conundrum reframed for, for publishing. That's right. And, uh, you know, yeah, we're, we're here to, to make the transition as, as smooth as possible. So, you know, um, one, one thing that, you know, we've talked about, but I'd love to, you know, kind of let our audiences know on this as well. Um, the magazine, you know, MM&M's print edition is vital, which we're very fortunate for. Um, we were looking at, before you came in, you know, the redesign of Golf Magazine that you did, um, some of your work at Bicycling and how it was always just it was an elegant product. It let you know. It led you in a way that was natural, unforced, and you know it always looked really good. How, how do we take some of that? How do we keep print vital at a time when it's getting less and less and less so? Pretty much everywhere you look. Well, a big part of the appeal of this job was the fact that you had a print publication that 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 is vital, right? Like I said earlier, I have ink in my veins, and I love the fact that there's a magazine that's not, you know, in the interviewing process, Lee 
Lee and Steve Barrett weren't saying to me, like, you know, we need you to manage the slow decline of this of this print <laughs> property. That's not it at all. It's like, hey, man, this thing's really healthy, um, which is great. It says a lot about you guys and it says a lot about our audience um, and, and our customers that they're willing to support it. So that's awesome. That's a great place to start from. But, you know, to, to expand on, uh, to, to answer, to actually answer your question, <laughs> the, um, one of the ways we do it is just through, uh, through design, you know, right? I think, um, look, if you're going to spend your time with anything, it, it's like, if you're gonna have to look at something all day, as we do, it might as well be beautiful, right? Um, and there, it's not as if um, we're ever lacking for um, visuals that we can use in this, especially if we're, if we're covering marketing and, and covering media and covering advertising, those elements um, are, in order to be appealing, need to be good looking or visually arresting. So the magazine should reflect that too. Um, I think we can do, because we have a tendency to be um, a little texty, why not make the text more beautiful than it is and really, really delve into typography. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of different things like that that we can use. Um, and, and storytelling I, feel, I think frankly we've got you know we've got some terrific stories here that that we ought to be able to talk about and celebrate um you know uh, we dragged you out to our evolution of agency event about 10 days ago we dragged you to the uh medical advertising hall of fame um you know what are your initial impressions of the industry of some of the people you've met um of what we do here um a lot of smart people a lot of smart people working here and a lot of very enthusiastic and passionate people. Um, I heard, uh, I heard a terrific, um, talk by John Bigelow at the, at the agency event that you mentioned, um, that was hugely informative to me coming into this as, as someone with a very limited background in the subject area. He really did a great job of concisely expressing the challenges and the opportunities that the industry is facing right now. Um, and then the really the medical advertising Hall of Fame event was really fun because it was a big party. It's like people celebrating the field that they work in, and to see that the enthusiasm and the passion that people feel for it is uh, that that was exciting and and made me feel really good about the decision to to work here. Obviously, you're going to come in uh, with. Um uh, you know, obviously a healthy appreciation for the, the history and the tradition of this 50-year-old media brand, but also, um, you know, to reimagine, you know, where we could go from here. Uh, do you, would you give us a preview of kind of like your big picture thoughts on where you see the brand going? Um, that's, that's, a, that's another really good question. And I think the first thing that we're going to do, um, I never remember the acronym. Haymarket has a kind of a specific term that it uses. Specialist media company, the best no, specialist media company. No, the, the process of, of oh. analyzing the brand. What oh, the MDP. MDP, right? Marketing I don't know what that process. is. Marketing what? <laughs> development process. There you I go. Believe. Marketing <laughs> development process. Basically, it could be a proprietary acronym. I'm not quite it, sure. We, we should look into that. <laughs> we, we should. We have a lawyer, right? Yes, we yeah, do. We, yes, so yes, we should yes, maybe have facts. the lawyer look into it. Um, see if we can't trademark it. I, I look at it and I say it's a brand assessment or a reimagining of the brand. Um, Larry, you had mentioned golf. Uh, I just, uh, golf magazine has a, a new owner, um, uh, someone who bought it about a year ago. And I was part of the team that, that 
he brought in to reimagine the brand and um, and reimagine in particular the print property as an expression of, of the brand. And that's probably the, the thing that will take up the bulk of my time in the first six months on the job. In addition to getting to know uh, people in the industry, we, you know, like I said, I've been here six days and have met tons of the people who work here. Um, and when I ask everyone, one of the standard questions that I asked everyone, I'd say like, you know, what do you think the brand stands for? And if I had talked to 12 people, I got 12 different answers. And if I asked for what do you think it should be, I got 24 answers, mm -hmm. right? Because um, we get a lot of, it depends, you know, that's not to say that, that you know, thought, is, thought here is scattered about it. It's just that politics, like brand analysis, tends to be very local, right? Mm -hmm. So they, people are thinking through the prism of, of their particular responsibility and, and, their, um, and their KPIs. So I think it's going to be really important to, to look, to get that group of people together um, to say, look, you know, what are we all about here? What's this brand stand for? And going forward, what are our opportunities? You know, we have uh, a lot of diverse revenue streams here. Um, and we have, uh, you know, a very well-respected business. I mean, that's a, another great thing about it is that the business is in really good shape. Um, so it's an opportunity to accelerate the growth and, and to grow into it and to say, like, look, you know, what, what do we want to be? What should we be covering that we don't cover right now? What are the opportunities? Are there things that, um, you know, maybe that we spend a lot of time thinking and working on that aren't as important as we think they are? And as part of that process, uh, which I've done, uh, I did it at Bicycling. I did it for a magazine called The Artist, and I did it for golf. Part of the process, very important part of the process, is to talk to the audience and external stakeholders mm -hmm. and say, what do you think about what we do? What do you think we should be doing, and how can we work together? Yeah, yeah, and we have our subscriber list, so uh, you know, we. If you're listening to this podcast, you may be getting a call from us. Very, very likely, <laughs> you will be hearing from me. Yeah. Um, I uh, want to move to the speed round, and then uh, we'll go back to work. What do you think? Sure. All right. Um, what we've been trying to do is a couple quick questions at the end. Um, usually, we have one of the last podcast guests contribute one of the questions um he did contributed one that was so marketing specific that it might not be great to ask you okay so <laughs> we came up with these um over the course of your career um who are some of the people that you've worked with in media that you most admire um wow there's a really there's a really long list of those people um so my first job out of college i was a reporter at fortune magazine and i worked for marshall loeb um who, who legend legend and um, unfortunately passed within the last year and a half or so. Um, and, I, and I learned an awful lot from Marshall, mostly about uh, the power of being relentless and working. Like, you know, I was a fact checker and so I worked some weird hours and no matter what time of day or night I was in that building, Marshall was there too. So uh, I learned a lot from him uh, about that. I learned a lot when I worked at Sports Illustrated from um, Gary Smith, the great feature writer about the power of reporting, just like shoe leather and asking questions and like never, never stopping asking questions. Um, I learned, uh, and when I worked at, uh, at MLB, 
advanced media, I wouldn't say that there was any one person that I learned this from, but it was more about the ethos of the place. It's, it's like, yeah, it can be kind of a tough place to work. Um, but it was super data driven. And I learned a lot about the value of data and, and using a liberal arts background to interpret data. Right. So it was more about the, what I picked up from, from the organization. Um, you know, you wrote a book, Embrace the Suck, about your adventures with uh, CrossFit. I did. Um, tell us a little bit about that experience and also about what you're reading today. What are some of your first morning reads every day? So uh, Embrace the Suck. I'll plug the book first. Of course. Right? Please. Um, uh, Embrace the Suck, <laughs> now available in paperback um, from um, from HarperCollins. Well, after this, you're going to be doing an audiobook edition. So. I, yeah, I hope so, with a Boston <laughs> accent. Um Embrace the Suck is a book that um, my editor uh, at Harper, Karen Rinaldi, who I had worked with at, uh, at Rodale, asked me to write about my experience with, uh, with CrossFit, about what it, uh, what it did. Like just, she wanted a book at the time. This was, you know, probably started talking about it about 10 years ago. She was looking for a book that just sort of tapped into what CrossFit was and what it was all about. Um, and... I ended up writing a book that was much more about um, the fact that um, I had spent my entire lifetime wanting to be a really good athlete and never was, and 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 I sucked. I think like I I was a slow, fat little kid, um, and then when I was no longer fat, I wasn't slow. I wasn't slow, but I sure wasn't fast. Not the kind of fast I wanted to be. And just like my whole life, I wanted to be better than I was, um, and that. CrossFit came along at a time in my life where I needed to be better. I needed to be good at, at, at pretty much like everything that I was doing. And, and so I decided that I was going to like really, I was going to do the workout every day and do exactly what they said and see where it led me. Um, and where it led me to, uh, where, where it led me was being incredibly sore. <laughs> Uh, and tired all the time because I was getting up in the morning. Um, I got in terrific shape, but I learned a lot about myself about the fact that, like you know, it doesn't matter that you've got um, limited talent. What what matters most is just pushing up against it and not taking no for an answer. And I wish I could say that I still have the edge that I developed when I was doing that, but of 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 necessarily backed off of a little bit with, you know, short, sore shoulders and elbows and, and that sort of Any, stuff. Any uh, injuries from it or uh, like, you know, breaks, tears, anything? No, no lasting injuries. Oh, just good. like, just like, you know, reliably sore shoulders. Um, but that's from a, a lifetime of stuff. Reliably tired legs also from, you know, from a lifetime of this sort of stuff. Um, and then, you know, the other question uh, you asked is about like, what, what do I read in the morning? Um, the, the first thing I read is uh, the New York Times news briefing. Um, that's my, uh, my go-to every morning. Um, and then uh, Espresso from The Economist. Um, and starting in a couple of weeks, uh, uh, MMNM's newsletter, because we're going to test to see if people like getting it better um, at 6 a.m. rather than 11 a.m. So if you're listening to this and you have a strong opinion about when you get your newsletter from us, let us know. Last question for you. Um, I think it's been uh, 15 or 16 days since a Boston sports team won a title. <laughs> you holding up okay? You know, do we need to, you know, 
it, console you at it, all? It's, it's 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 a little bit hard, but spring training, <laughs> you know, spring training started, and you know, Alex Cora had had the Red Sox together, and they had the trophy in in the locker room, and you know, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about it, and the fact that uh, August, uh, Vegas odds makers have said that the Yankees uh, are the odds-on favorites to win the 2019 World Series only only makes me feel better about the Red Sox. <laughs> I, I suspect we will be talking about this a lot in upcoming months. No, you'll be listening a lot. <laughs> All right, Steve, we're so glad to have you here. Thank you so much Guys, for doing this. Guys, thanks a lot. This was, uh, this was great, and I really uh, I relish the opportunity, and I think that the way that you, you guys conducted this is sort of the way you've welcomed me to this family, and, um, and I, I really appreciate it, and I look forward to working with you, and I look forward to, to meeting our readers and advertisers. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Great. Great. Right. Uh, podcast you. available on Apple, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Stitcher. Where else am I going to forget? SoundCloud. Yes, that too. Um, and thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. We uh, uh, hope you'll enjoy and stay with us on this next chapter of MMM. I know we will. And uh, thanks again, Steve. Thanks, guys. Bye.